Well, welcome to another episode of Breakaway from the Rat Race. And today I have the pleasure of speaking with Brian Underwood. Brian is the founding principal of Responsible Residential and also resp Responsible Real Estate, uh, both San Diego-based real estate investment company. Mr. Underwood started both of these companies after spending more than 10 years in the acquisition in his family business, A1 Cell Storage and Castor Properties. I'm going to talk about that. And um, Responsible Residential is a San Diego-based residential development company focused on middle house, uh, middle income housing. So this is a very exciting space. A lot of people are investing in that. And we're looking forward to speaking with you, Brian. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Thanks for taking the time. My pleasure. Um, so yeah, A1 Self Storage, I think it's a very well known uh, organization. Um, and uh, it's very successful in the self storage uh, area. And so you were you were responsible for the uh, you were part of that family business, you're part of that family that uh, owns and managed the, the self storage, very successful. Um, so let's talk about that. Let's talk about uh, kind of like what your role was in that company. And uh, then why the sure. transition? Yeah, yeah, good. So I spent, um, so I, I got into the family business in 2007. It wasn't until I knew that I was uh, so passionate about real estate and wanted to make a career out of it, that I really uh, knocked on the door in the family business and said, I love this stuff. About two years before that is when I sort of went down the rabbit hole in real estate and was uh, just interested in how people value a building, how people value land. Uh, that was sort of the fundamental question that I was after. And so I thought, well, shoot, uh, let's start by getting my salesperson license, right? Let me become a, a realtor and just see if that can help me and give me some tools. Um, long story short is I just read a bunch of books and, and I did a bunch of Google searches and I had a, a, a mentor at the time that we found a piece of property in Santee, which is a submarket here in San Diego. It was owned by the YMCA. They wanted 250,000. We made an offer for 150,000 and they said, okay. So wow. I, I went, I went to a family member and I said, okay, I've been studying this stuff and I want to borrow $50,000. I want to go buy this land and I want to build an industrial spec building. And, uh, you know, I had an 11, eight and a half by 11 sheet of paper. I just learned how to do a pro forma back of the napkin, of course. And I said, here's how I'm going to pay you back. Well, in 2005 and six, you, you kind of just had to have a pulse uh, unless you were just making some really poor decisions to make some yeah. money. Yeah. So long story short is we sold that property for $425,000, like six months after we bought it. Right. So I'm giving back the family member $50,000 interest. Uh, I think I walked away with like $70,000, put it in the bank and I went, okay, how do I do that again? Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. So yeah. that, that was, two, so 2007, I knocked on the family business door and I said, Hey, I love this stuff. Uh, I want a job. I want a job in acquisitions. And there was a little hesitation at first, but my family is very large. And so they wanted to make sure that I was serious and I was passionate about what I was doing. And so I kind of fought my way in, into the acquisitions department. And, you know, then we had a, a cliff, right? In, in sort of the eight, nines and tens of the worlds. And so mm -hmm. while I had a job and I was learning acquisitions from a guy named Tyler Exter, just super smart guy. Um, I got to spend a lot of time sitting in his office asking very dumb questions. Uh, in fact, the first task he gave me was um, he, he had his like 12 page pro forma and he said, go recreate this. Right. And I said, okay, 
never even been on Excel before, right? Oh. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I, I only knew, uh, you know, back of the napkin on my eight and a half by 11s. I wasn't on Excel yet. So this is 2007. So anyway, through a lot of videos, I, it took me about three and a half weeks. And I walked up to him, I said, I'm done. And he's kind of laughed at me like, okay, yeah, I'm not really sure if you're done. He said, here's a deal, underwrite this deal. If you're within like, you know, 15 basis points of where I'm at, uh, then it's acceptable. And, and sure enough, you know, I, it worked. Yeah. <laughs> right. So <laughs> anyway, I, I just started, uh, you know, in the business, um, though I had a passion for real estate, I didn't know much about it. Right. I was mm -hmm. learning, but I had the opportunity to learn from a great mentor, cut my teeth for 10 years. After about a year and a half in the business, I went back to grad school and got a master's in real estate. Once I found out that a local program here in the University of San Diego offered that type of education, yeah. I was like, how do I get in there, right? Mm -hmm. How do I get in there and how do I further the theory of real estate while I'm also concurrently actively pursuing real estate in the family business? Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is great. Uh, so let's talk about uh, the family dynamics, because I think this is very something that's, that's very interesting and not many people talk about that. Uh, obviously, you, you're part of a very successful family and all of that. And even though you're part of that and you would think, oh, you need like $50,000 to do this, you would, people would think people that don't know how, you know, families that are working in business together, how that works. Because you want $50,000 and you have money in the bank doesn't mean you're going to get $50,000. You actually <laughs> had to prepare a business plan and say, okay, I'm going to do this. Well, well tell, tell me, tell us how you did this. Sure. So, so not, not necessarily in the family business yet, right? This was a precursor. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, I had my comps, you know, I went out and I said, here's what people are charging for industrial in a 7,500 square foot space. Here's the consultants that I've hired, architect, civil engineer. Here's the money that I'm going to spend. Uh, here's what it's going to cost to build. I had sort of a, a, a friend contractor that gave me like a ROM pricing, you know, and I just, I, I, I sort of laid out Here's the process. Here's the time. Uh, here's ultimately what the value is after we build it. And here's how I get you your money back. Right. And, yeah. you know, of course, I'm green. I don't really know what I'm doing, but I'm also working with a mentor of mine who was, I think, you know, he's 25 years older than I, I am. So even, even then, he was still 25 years older than I am. Right. <laughs> and, works, and he was, works in yeah, funny ways. Yeah. Right. Isn't that weird? <laughs> so, you know, he's, he was, uh, he wasn't necessarily like really skilled in real estate either, but he was a successful businessman yeah. and had a lot of respect. And so the fact that I was working with someone who had this track record and then it was a sound business plan, you know, they put some chips on the table and, you know, thank God it worked out. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, you can't just you can't just say, give me some money. I've got an idea like, that doesn't exactly. work that way. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, it, it, this is true for, you know, if it's true for families, obviously it's true for everybody knows it's true for other investors. But, yeah, they want to know what you're going to do with the money. They're going to know when they're going to get their money back, how they get what kind of profit sharing they're going to have. And um, yeah, so this is fantastic. I think this is very good to kind of get an insight in a successful you know, family and how, you know, how they manage that, how they manage other their, their family members. And, you know, they want to do something. And yeah, you, we can invest in you. But yeah, show us. Show me that money. Show, yeah, show, show, show it. Yeah. Show us what you're doing. Yeah. So. This also give you a little a little color on the family business as well is um, even though 
you know, I, in my mind, I'm thinking, why, why wouldn't I get a job? I, I, I just spent a couple of years yeah. sort of cutting my teeth and I'm learning and I'm reading. And I, I mean, I'm just so passionate about this. And I was a little surprised when they were like, no, you're, you're not, you're not a good fit here. And I'm like, well, hold on a sec. You guys are a real estate company, right? Like, yeah, this is what I want to do. And they, so when I was 12 years old and all of my cousins, I have 40 cousins. Okay. Wow. And, and most of them are here in San Diego. So when I was 12 years old, I signed a, a family employment agreement, right? And it wasn't until 2007 that that thing came back out. I had no idea, right? And they're like, well, let's let's review your family employment agreement and see if you check all the boxes, right? So it wasn't just because their family was like, oh, come on in. You know, yeah, there, yeah. there's no nepotism whatsoever. It was... Yeah if you've got what it takes, we'll give you a shot because you're family. But, you know, I, I basically what I what I did was work in like a six month trial period because mm -hmm. I don't really take no for an answer if I really want to get something done. So I said, look, give me six months trial period. You go ask my boss, who, who's my mentor, Tyler Exter. And mm -hmm. go, if I'm wasting his time, I'll leave. I'm out. Yeah. Right. But um, six months later, I, I was there. In fact, I was there 10 years later, right? So yeah, yeah, exactly. it did work out. Yeah. And Tyler, is he a family member as well? Or is he, a, is he a ex external to the family? He, he's external. So he was brought okay. in, in in actually 1992. So quick little history. In 82 is when the family built their first self-storage in Oceanside, California. And in 82, things weren't that great. So it was a little bit of horse trading going on with properties. And we yeah. ended up with an industrial building off Oceanside Boulevard. And my uncle, Brian, who actually still runs the company today, he said, hey, we should check out, you know, at the time, mini storage. We should check mm -hmm. out this mini storage thing, right? But I mean, banks wouldn't touch it. They're like, what are you talking about? What do I, what do I lend on? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I lend on, I lend on 30 day leases, <laughs> you know, right. What, what is this thing? So anyway, from, from 82 to 92, yeah. the family built six self storages, wow. but they were also building a lot of other things. My grandfather mm -hmm. was kind of a merchant builder. He would hang on to whatever he could, but in 92, they had some shopping centers, apartments, they had self storage, um, you know, kind of a little, a little yeah. bit of all the main food groups. And yeah. Tyler was brought in in 92. He was the president of three banks. That was kind of his career, but in the real estate department. So he like knew how to underwrite real estate. He knew the mm -hmm. relationships that were important in the banking industries. He knew how to present it to banks, right? Yeah. So in 92, there was this repositioning, so to speak, of the portfolio and yeah. let's go 100% self-storage. Mm -hmm. And so from yeah. 92 to 2000, when I got in there seven, we went from six to 40. And then my 10 year stint, we went from 40 to call it 58. Mm -hmm. Wow. Excellent. Yeah. So I was just, you know, it's kind of interesting that even though your family members say, okay, well, you're going to report to this guy uh, <laughs> and you're going to show if, if it works out, if you can sh show him, that you're fit for this thing, then, you know, okay, you're in, but you have to pass through the muster here and Absolutely. then uh, go through this guy. So that's very interesting. Yeah. Because you're part of this, the family doesn't mean you're, you're going to be uh, ex part of the business. Correct. And I, and I was interested in a lot of different facets of the business, because yeah. one thing that the Castor family does very well is, is they really have the soup to nuts. So I started, you know, I worked in acquisitions and that's mm -hmm. what I did for 10 years. And so mm -hmm. it was about relationships, like a lot of business is. Yeah. 
And it was, you know, where does it make sense to buy a piece of land? You know, I had to understand general plans and zoning and all, you know, overlays and, and really hone in on what is really a developable piece of property for our product. Mm-hmm. And so that's really what, you know, you, you take, you go down that path and you get really good at identifying land. You get really good at identifying owners and how to contact them, how to create relationships. Ultimately, yeah. it could be in two days or it could be in six years. Yeah. Uh, you, you sit down at a table and you, you actually figure out how to make this deal work. And mm-hmm. I'll tell you what, it's, that's tons of fun. And uh, so we take it from there, go through all the entitlement process. I'd work hand in hand with our construction department, Tom Kearney, going through that process. And then as soon as we got building permit, it was passed on to construction. I wasn't really involved at that point. And then ultimately to the management team. So I was kind of like right up front, sourcing deals all the way through the deals entitled. Yeah. Oh, excellent. So so let's talk about the, the transition then, because then, I mean, you're comfortable you're you're in you you know like most people would be stay there they say well you know i've made it i don't have to worry about anything and uh but no that for you that's not enough you decide to uh, start responsible residential and responsible real estate so tell us about kind of like why you decide to do this and what these companies do sure sure i think so you actually used a perfect word and it was comfortable and that's exactly what I was. And that's just not the way that my, my brain and my, my drive ticks, right? So I, I would say that 99% of the folks out there are striving to get what I had, which was like ultimate security mm-hmm. and literally keep your head down, you'll be fine in 20 years type of mentality. But that's not, that's not what drives me. I have to be learning and growing, not just professionally, but, but spiritually and with my wife personally, and if I'm not growing in those areas, then I, I just feel like I'm losing out on life. And so while um, I, th- I do think companies can do this, but it essentially from the top down, you have to create within an organization how people continue to grow themselves personally and professionally in that business. And this isn't a knock on the family. They do something very, very well. But there was not really any place for Brian Underwood to grow more in that company. My next step would have been running the billion dollar business. And in fact, I had to internally say, when they ask you to run the billion dollar business, are you prepared to say no? And I got to a point in about 2015 that I said, yeah, because I'd rather rotate out of this, uh, call it ultimate security with no potential to, you know, a a bunch of risk, but unlimited potential. Mm -hmm. And that was just, that that was where my heart was. And that's what, those are the things that were on my mind. And of course I had a a family and I owned a house. And so there were things that I had to do to plan for that. But Mm -hmm. ultimately it it was, um, ultimately we had a, we had a, a business advisor that sat me down and this was literally two weeks before I'm about to give my notice. And she sat me down she said, okay, we're ready you know, Brian wants to know if this is your path to the next step. He wants to know if you're ready to be groomed into running the business. And and I looked at her and I said, no, I'm leaving. And and her jaw just dropped, you know, like, what do you mean? (laughs) Where are you going? What are you doing? And, (laughs) and, you know, um, 
it's been a wild ride. So, yeah. uh, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't change it for the world because my, yeah. my growth from 2017 to now is, is probably hundred X. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I mean that as like, no joke, like hundred yeah. X, there's yeah. no way I would learn, be able to make decisions and, and do what I've done in the last five years. Had I stayed in that role where again, bless his heart. It was just, Hey, just keep your head down. You'll be fine in 20 years. And that just doesn't fit my personality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there's something to be said about kind of like the challenges. It is definitely challenges when, you know, you don't have money and stuff like that, and you have to get everything started. And it's a challenge, definitely. But there's also other challenges, even if you are in in a successful family. uh, And then to kind of like just follow the path that's laid out in front of you. Well, there's another challenge there because you, you could end up in kind of like an identity crisis where, you know, who's Brian, you know, and what do I want to be when, you know, what, you know, when I passed on to uh, my children, I, I want to say, well, you know, I, it was my, you know, my, what did I do? Well, I just, yeah, I just followed what other has started for me. So you kind of have this identity, identity crisis as well that you have to deal with and, um, you know, enhance kind of putting your mark on, uh, on these two companies that you started, I guess. Yeah. So, you know, going through that transition, of course, you know, about a year and a half earlier is when you start to plan for it. Right. Yeah. And, and there's a lot of fun in vision and planning and what do I want it to look and feel and smell like, you know, all of that. Right. And yeah. it sort of, it goes back to, well, why are you leaving in the first place? Right. I, I, well, I'm leaving for growth period. I, I'm leaving yeah. for growth. Um, you know, money is fantastic and we need it to live and we need it to survive, but it's a, it's a, it's a tool for us to be in business and grow together. Right. So Mm -hmm. I thought to myself, well, I like this term responsible real estate. And it sort of had this like doing what's right, you know, uh, doing what's expected of you. But if you, if you sort of break down, it's like your ability to respond. And I was like, I kind of like that ability to respond. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, I just spent, at that time, it was, I guess, 12 years or so, you know, in the family business. And I kind of, even though I was in acquisitions, I had wore all these hats. And I thought, you know what, it's about two people getting together, being in business. And when we, when you sort of react to each other is when, when growth happens. Mm-hmm. So I just, I, I, I kind of like that term responsible real estate, responsible residential has a few meanings to me. It's growth centric. That's why we, we, we um, named it that way. And, and going out, of the, of the family business, I don't want to compete head on head in storage. I very well, yeah. could, you know, yeah. I mean, that was my, I knew everything about it. I had all the relationships, but I thought, you know what, there's more to life than just making money in storage and competing with my family. Yeah. Um, I, I, I sort of went out and I put my broker hat on for the first time and I got some, some land deals and I was like, well, I'm certainly qualified to broker a land deal, but I know nothing about residential yeah, <laughs> and they were yeah. residential properties. Yeah. And that's when I started doing my research on the residential market, you know, obviously specifically in San Diego and, and mm-hmm. the lack of supply and the process. Yeah. I'm like, gosh, this is, it's the same process that you go through to build anything. You just have to really understand the product that you're building and the, and the delivery to the market. And uh, I thought to myself, shoot, I could, I could do this. And that's, that's where really then the, the passion of, wow, I'm actually like, I'm building a home for a family to live in. You know, you picture the husband and wife sitting at the kitchen table, like, you know, teaching their kids about life. Like you're creating this space for them. Mm-hmm. And I just fell in love, pure and simple. I just fell in love. Yeah. 
So tell, tell me about the, the kind of like the strategy for each of these, uh, each of these companies, um, you know, kind of what is, yeah, what, what's the goal? What's the business model for these, uh, these companies? So we, uh, we're focused mainly on uh, Build-A-Rent product. So we actually have, we have two Build-A-Rent product brands. One of them is Responsible Residential, and that is building Build-A-Rent uh, townhomes and single-family home communities. That, that, um, that brand right there, we're actually just finishing up our first project in Santee, California, the same area that I, I bought that industrial land. Wow. Uh, <laughs> 10 townhomes, three bed, three and a half bath, Awesome project. I, I have learned an absolute ton on this project. And uh, we're, we got certificate of occupancy on around July 1st. So we're getting ready to do the whole tenant and lease up. And we're actually going to be leasing that up and, and selling that at the same time to the marketplace. So I've got my offering memorandums already geared up. So we're sort of geared up to go to market with that project. And, and that in short, about a two and a half year project uh, we, we, we raised a million and a half dollars and got a $4 million construction loan. And we're going to be returning over two X to our investors on that deal in about two and a half years. Oh, uh, just a fantastic cool. project. Mm -hmm. We've yeah. got a couple more in the pipeline, very similar to that in and around, uh, the same submarket. Mm -hmm. And then the second one is a company called responsible urban. And it's kind of the way that it sounds. It's focused on much larger, um, infill projects mainly apartments. Okay. So it, it, it's focused on apartments infill. that company I own with four other people and you can find us at investwithbrian.com. That's Brian with a Y. You can learn about me, learn about our team. Our team has over a hundred years collective experience developing this type of product in San Diego. We've got the best architect and, and uh, design team on this project. Our first one out of the ground as a team together is an 89 unit uh, market rate apartment project in wow. North Park. Yeah, it's a fantastic. That's a, that's a big project. infill. It is. It is. Yeah. Well, what I you know, you look like you're in a big city. I think you said you're in Los Angeles, right? Yeah, so, yeah. you know, when you start talking about um, how much land costs, right? It's all a function mm -hmm. of what can you put on it, right? So, yeah. you know, while I might have paid twenty dollars a square foot for my Santee land, you know, you're paying three, four, $500 a foot for half the, the size of the lot, but because yeah. you're, you're building a podium project. So that's, that's five stories of wood frame over two of concrete. So mm -hmm. it's considered a podium project. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So, uh, so let's, uh, let's talk about some of the metrics for the, the build to rent, because I think this is kind of a, a new, these two things actually are kind of like a new trend, not really new, but I think they're kind of more like a, a a thing going on about them like the build to rent uh is uh is something that i think the numbers i mean when we looked at the, some of the cities for us it didn't make sense like in, we're looking in memphis cleveland st louis the cost to build a house is a lot more expensive than for us to buy a distressed property renovate it and rent it out so that that's why these infilled or these build to rent don't work but obviously in a market like san diego um, you know, where you can rent at a higher rent. And then, so tell us a little bit about kind of the, the metrics associated with the build to rent. Sure. And, um, yeah. Yeah, we, I mean, so what we're trying to do on the build to rent communities is we're actually going through. And so like the townhome as an example, and the two more that we've got in the pipeline, these are what's called common interest developments, right? Mm -hmm. So a common interest development 
is not it, it's like uh it's not as fancy or as sexy as like a, a traditional subdivision where you've got roads and streets going through a project that's owned by the city right so a common interest development is has like a condo map over it so yeah. a, a lot of townhomes a lot of attached homes have this yeah you can do it detached this way it's kind of like an hoa right Home yeah like, so essentially yeah. you have to have ccnrs you have to have hoas and we go through that whole process okay. even though we're building it as a build the rent community to, to me you're talking about a few extra bucks, few extra times. And if you know how to do it, you do it because that's a contingency plan. I'm mm -hmm. big on contingency planning because mm -hmm. uh, Lord only knows what, you know, you got your crystal ball. Sometimes you're right. And sometimes you're wrong. Right. Yeah. So, you know, in the event, you've got to pull that off the shelf and you need to liquidate four or five or six of these for whatever reason you can do yeah, that. Right. Exactly. Um, okay. But I, so, but I, I start every project by running a build to rent model. Okay. So mm -hmm. I'm looking at obviously my land acquisitions. I'm looking at my soft costs. I'm looking at my hard costs. And for me in the San Diego market on those build to rent communities, I'm trying to hit a minimum of a 6% return on cost. And so just as an, so, you know, as an example, like I, I think that's, I think that's great right out of the shoot. Um, you know, rent is extremely strong. Build a rent, uh, rental communities are extremely strong in San Diego. Um, but in the event you say, gosh, prices are still really high, like we are in our Santee project. Yeah. If someone's going to pay me a four or four quarter cap on that thing, and I'm building it for over a six, well, I'm going to take that cash, give it back to our investors, and then we're going to mm -hmm. go do another deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that means so let's uh, let's talk about one one particular house that you how much would it cost to build that one one single house and how much yeah. would you rent it for for example yeah correct so uh the one house let's call it five hundred and five million two hundred and fifty thousand mm -hmm. uh, you're gonna you're now i gotta take out my my hp 12c here uh, <laughs> i think i shut off my phone anyway five hundred twenty five thousand we're renting uh, each. Well, so we're we're starting rent is thirty seven fifty a month. Okay. Okay. Wow. Okay. okay. I don't. I my twelve C is over here, so I can't grab okay. it for you. But <laughs> all right. No. So but, yeah. So no. That just gives a, an idea. I think you talked yeah. about the you know. So the six percent. So this is the return on the cost of building. So the cost of building is five twenty five. I don't have my calculator either, so I just like, um, and I don't want to kind of start calculating here, but yeah, thirty-seven fifty. And then, do, is there any kind of like HOA costs or maintenance costs that that comes on top of that? So the the, the, uh, the the beauty about that is if you keep if you if like if we sell them in bulk, what we'll do because in California we have a construction liability for ten years, mm -hmm. construction defect, and and it's just inevitable. Yeah year nine, someone gets a hold of the HOA and says, you know, uh, yeah. Hey, is anything wrong with your place? And then they come back and sue the developer. Yeah. So what we do is we restrict the sale for 10 years as condos, as individual units. And so someone is really, if we, if we're, if we are selling that someone is buying it, you got to think it's a 10 unit apartment project. They're just mm -hmm. built as homes. You yeah. know, they're 1500 square feet, three bed, three and a half bath, two car garage homes. Yeah. So you're, you're just buying bulk homes and we could sell those homes. So like the, the values are at, at four, at a 4.3 cap rate at, at those 3750, mm -hmm. we're at like a $7.6 million value, but just down the street, 
those same townhomes are selling for about eight hundred thousand dollars. Okay. So I'm I'm taking a little bit less, right? A little bit yeah. less of a mm -hmm. return, but I also get to sell it as an investment property to one buyer, yeah. as opposed to individual and taking on the construction liability risk. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah. So that's uh, that's interesting. So that that means that at least you have multiple. It sounds like you have multiple exit strategies. So you can you can oh I can go and uh, you know. I can manage this and this is my my project and I'm making some cash flow, 6% cash on my costs and I, my investors are happy to get this cash flow. Another exit strategy is uh, I can sell it as an investment property to someone else and the tenant is in place and it's a brand new building. And, you know, I'm not sure what their returns are going to be depending on the, how much they, they buy the property for. Sure. Uh, or you can just kind of like you know, sell each of these individual homes on the market and then sell them for what seven hundred or eight hundred thousand dollars a piece and right. then um, do it that way. So I really like that. I really like the fact that you have you're really thinking about multiple exit strategies and be prepared for uh, for different markets, uh, different, whatever yeah, could happen well, in the economy, yeah. right? Right. So, I mean, one of the things that, that we chose to do as our companies that this was, this was new to me, I learned about real estate syndications in 2019, right? I've always done deals in the past where we're taking our own money and putting it into a deal. And I realized mm -hmm. when you get out on your own, if you don't have that money sitting in your bank account, how do you do the deal? So, mm -hmm. you know, hence real estate syndication. And so yeah. this is actually this is the, the first time that this team collaboratively has ever offered our resources, our expertise, our projects mm -hmm. to the public as investment opportunities. Mm -hmm. So now what we're doing, like we did with Santee and what we're doing with, with North Park and what I did with uh, a Morena project is we're actually putting together syndications and, yeah. and you, you know, we've got an investor portal. W one thing that's different is I'm not, my money's in with you. In fact, my mm -hmm. money's in there before any investor's money's in there. I, yeah, I usually yeah. have right two hundred thousand dollars that's not coming back to me whether that deal gets funded or not. Yeah, so yeah. I mean, I'm at the most risk, and and I'm happy to do that because I'm not going to present any investor any deal unless I'm willing to put my money up there and let it ride right along with you. Right. So mm -hmm. I mean, I'm I'm not just incentivized with our own cash. I'm incentivized with you know, a, a potential waterfall where if we hit a home run, I get incentivized even more. Yeah, yeah. And you're saying, so investors can go and find more information, obviously on investwithbrianwithay.com. Correct. And then they can find more information there. And then if they want to join uh, the syndication uh, for that, that community building or that uh, real 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 urban or real estate urban or yeah, responsible urban. urban. Responsible all of our deals urban. will go up there. So what we'll do yeah. as a team, we'll put together, obviously we have all of our organizational documents done, um, yeah. you know, your, your subscription operating agreement, but we yeah. put together a nice pretty deck that you can go through and review the deal. We mm. also put together and upload 20 to 30 minute webinars and we okay. walk through the project with you. So really if you're in our investor portal, you're going to get exposed to all of our deals first. Uh, you're going to get the first opportunity. I mean, I, I, we raised five and a half million dollars last year with deals. And, and on these particular deals, I only had a couple phone calls mm -hmm. because people learned about us. Yeah. Uh, they know us, they saw all the information and they were like, I'm in or out, you know, it was, it was, it was nice. And I'm happy to get on the phone call and answer any questions, but yeah. you get on there and you learn about us. You see the projects that we're doing and not all are going to, are, are going to fit you. 
but it's, I love the opportunity to be able to present uh, these investments to the public uh, mm-hmm. and give them opportunity to build that wealth like I've never seen before. I mean, you, yeah. when you pull all of the families out there that have just incredible wealth, what's behind it? It's mm-hmm. usually a lot of real estate. And so, oh, yeah. man, you know, <laughs> let, let's focus on that. Let's yeah. use our skill sets. Let's provide those opportunities. So, yeah. you know, people retire after their day job. They're sitting back with this reoccurring passive income that I'm already enjoying at 40 years old. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, so what are the requirements for the investors out there? So it's, uh, do you have to be accredited investor? Uh, what's the minimum re- uh, investment requirement? Correct. We're, we're $100,000 uh, minimum investments, uh, accredited investors. Um, you, you know, basically that's it. And we can, yeah. we can get, you know, if, if you look that up, you'll see if you are, even if you aren't, there's a way that I could find out if you are. So if you want to find us and still have that phone call, figure out if we're a good fit. Uh, we can we can go down that path together. Okay, that sounds good. And you were saying that for that that community building, I think the the, the equity multiplier was like two per, two uh, two times. Yeah, a little right? bit more than two in two and a half years. Yeah, that's yeah. We, we, and in we, two and a half a years, yeah, yeah. So that's kind of interesting because a lot of the the syndications out there. I mean, you get a two a two time uh, two uh, equity multiplier or two and a half, but it's over like five-year period and you're sure. doing it in two and a half in half the time so yeah it, well again that you know markets change all the time yeah. we, we typically run five to seven year pro formas depending on the size of the project and that's how mm. we're going to present it to you but i'll tell you what like i said my money is right alongside you <laughs> yeah. so yeah. if there's an opportunity sooner than later for us to achieve these incredible returns we're we'll do that right yeah. uh, I, I mean we we want to be able to either cash flow and, and hold on to these things for long term. But if someone's willing to pay more than yeah. I'm willing to pay, it might be a good, uh, you know, good time to sell. Yeah, we had a couple of apartment buildings like that in, in Memphis. And then we were planning to keep them long term with our investors. And then somebody came up, came around and said, hey, we want to buy it for this much. And I said, oh, OK, OK. okay. <laughs> so it's yeah, yours. You know, that, that's right. So it's, you know, obviously, and, and, and we communicate uh, every single month with our investors on every single deal. So they see right where we're at. They see what we're doing. We're always available to them. Uh, again, we, incredible team. Um, go check us out, investwithbrian.com with a Y. Uh, on there, you'll be able to connect with me. You could see our team, you know, and, and uh, yeah, let's, let's do some business together. So where do you think the, uh, the economy is heading in, in San Diego and California in general in terms of rental space or real estate? Yeah. So right now is a very interesting time. And one of the reasons why I like the development game is it keeps me focused on long-term goals, long-term objectives, right? Now, that doesn't mean I'm not in the weeds and I'm tracking fundamentals and what's happening. But, you know, I can't worry about what's happening next month if my project's not even going to be in lease up for three years. I, I care about what's happening next month because it's going to help me adjust my assumptions and do some risk adjusted analysis and figure out if our assumptions still make sense, right? The housing market is so strong. We could build 108,000 units tomorrow and we would just catch up with the demand that's out there. So we've got to build. Uh, actually, I thought it was 10,000. The newest report is 17,000 units per year just to keep up with natural demand. Yeah. And we haven't come yeah, close to even. 10 in decades. Yeah, I mean, that's right, I yeah. think we're going to do six, maybe 6,000. We did 6,000 last year, maybe seven this year. So 
you know, if, if you can put enough money in the deal, which I know that hurts our returns, but trust me, you want to put enough money in the deal because we're doing development. Let's get out there three years. Let's refinance. Let's enjoy that awesome cash flow. So mm -hmm. I'm just about make sure we're putting up enough money in the deal upfront. Okay. So minimum 35% equity in our deals. We want to work with the best lenders. We, and, and, and we are working with the best teams to execute. So it's going to minimize all the surprises. Mm -hmm. And if we get out there, I think our takeout loan, like again, we're, we're doing adjusted, uh, risk adjusted analysis on that, but the, the takeout loan on these construction deals is our number one risk. Mm -hmm. And as long as I could go into that deal and feel extremely confident about where we are on that takeout loan, I'm, I'm pulling the trigger. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what, uh, in terms of, so I like, I like that. I mean, first of all, focus on long-term. I think this is always the, a lot of people are saying, well, you shouldn't buy now. You shouldn't, you shouldn't invest now. I'm going to wait for the big dip in the real estate market and stuff like that. And just like the stock market, I mean, don't try to time the, the market. You, you just like, if it's a good investment now, it's a good investment now. And if you look at 20 years down the road, it's going to be a good investment 20. It's going to be I, a better you know, investment 20 years down yeah. the road. You're right. I looked at so many of our deals when I was with the family business that we passed on. And, and I'm talking, you know, the, the, the acquisition, you know, the, the price that we were willing to pay was like the, the Delta was like $200,000. Mm -hmm. Okay. $200,000 on at the time would be like a, a $10 million build. Wow. You can't, you can't touch a self-storage building a self-storage for under 20 these days. I mean, it depends mm -hmm. on the size and, and, yeah, and yeah, but yeah. I mean, you just, you just can't do it. So I'm like, so you're building the same project for half the cost. We passed on it for $200,000. And in 20 years from now, you're never pissed that you have that project. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> you, you, you have, yes, you, you have to, you have to be able to raise the money. You have to be able to get the debt. You have to feel confident about the team and you have to yeah. feel confident about that takeout loan. And if you can line all those up, we're doing yeah. deals. Yeah. Not all, no. not all deals are home runs. But, yeah. but they're there. Home runs are there too. Yeah. Yeah. And I also like the fact that, you know, uh, about other people's money. I mean, this is always something that uh, so many people are saying, oh, you know, I don't have, I don't have the money to do these, you know, the five, you're doing a $5 million deal. And then you're putting like, you know, a few hundred thousand dollars up front to get things going, get things started and organized. Um, and then, you know, getting uh, getting other people's money to kind of invest in, in the rest and all that. And I think this is, this is something that's very important is to realize. And I always say, you know, make sure you get you get to network with investors, get to in, invest with uh, because you never you're always short money. Like you always it doesn't matter how much money you have. You're always short a couple of millions. Mm -hmm. So it's always good to have some some people that you can, you know, you can show, show your share your projects with and then say, hey, you know, I have this thing that I'm doing and, you know, half a million there, a million there. And then you can really grow your business and um, and maximizes your return as well. So money is never really the big factor. If you have a good deal, if you have a good plan, just like the plan that you, you did when um, when you, you know, even before you were in uh, in A1 uh, self-storage, you know, you pre present that to the uh, your family and say, hey, I have a plan. Can you, you want to send me the money? And that's that's right. so true. I mean, it, you, you can find the money if you can pitch the, the deal correctly to someone and uh, you have a good network of people and yeah, you'll be able to find the money. Money is not the problem. 
Yeah, no, I, I, you, I, you hit you. That's a really good point you bring up because if I present any of our deals now, I'm already out money. So mm. I think it's a good deal, but if I think it's a good deal, I should be able to show people, other people that it's also a good deal. And if that money doesn't, isn't coming in, if I don't have other people nodding their head along with me, I've got to sit back and say, what did I miss? Mm-hmm. Right now that hasn't happened yet. And I don't think that's going to happen because again, I've got so much money out up front. Um, yeah. It's not, I'm not putting my money out up front to do a deal. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not just about doing a deal. I'm finding the best deals yeah. in the marketplace. Yeah. And the other thing too, is that then, okay, well, I don't have the money. And then it's, I don't have the skills then you build a team around you. And I think you're, you're doing that. You were talking about your um, uh, responsible urban uh, where you have a team of, you know, with four partners and then you have so much experience together and, uh, you know, that's, a, that's your track record right there. And so, hey, you know, we, I have a team behind me. Yeah, I'm, I don't know. I'm not an architect. I'm not the builder. I'm not this, I'm not that, but I can put a deal together and uh, and a team together to uh, bring it to success. Yeah, yeah. Eric, you you know you have to recognize that you know as a developer, operator, syndicator, whatever you want to call it, you have to know a little about a lot of things mm-hmm. to be able to orchestrate it all. You eventually, I mean, you you get better at some areas that you're focused on. Uh, as, as an entrepreneur, you actually get good at a lot of different things because you're trying to scale a business and grow, but you have to recognize what you're missing and surround yourself with people that fill that skill set that you can learn from. One of the guys on our team is a guy named Michael Dunham, and he's been in the business for 40 plus years, and he's built tens of thousands of homes. And he is our development manager day to day, managing some of the best teams in San Diego to get these projects out of the ground. If I walked in day one and said, I'm going to build 89 units, that would have been very difficult for me to get that thing out of the ground. But mm-hmm. collaboratively with that team, people look at us and say, you're, you're like the best undiscovered team I've seen in San Diego that we could actually play some money with. Yeah, no, that's, that's very good. So, uh, Brian, if people want to, uh, did we miss anything? Did you want to, anything no, else you want to mention no. that we, uh, we missed? Okay. Uh, so if people want to reach out to you, obviously investwithbrian.com, Brian with a Y. And then in there, you're going to be able to find all his deals. You also mentioned that you had some webinars on your website or it's coming up, coming up webinars or more mm-hmm. information Correct. about all the things that you're doing. So I highly recommend that you go and visit his website and connect with him. As you can see, Brian is very friendly and uh, <laughs> is going to share with you his uh, experience and expertise and uh, as well as his investment. So, Brian, thank you very much. It was a pleasure having you. Thank you, Eric. Appreciate your time. I enjoyed it thoroughly. Thank you for listening to Break Away from the Rat Race with your host, Eric Martel. If you want to share your story and experience with our listeners, please message us on Facebook at Break Away from the Rat Race. Also, please subscribe to our YouTube channel and our podcast on iTunes.